What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also, check us out on Off the Floor. That's our Discord server. We've got nine different channels there. You're going to want to be on there all day on Thursday because every trade that comes in, we're going to be evaluating it for you and with you, and you can do it with other Heat fans. So check out the Trade Machine channel on there. Also, the Host Updates channel will be giving you, uh, again, our perspective on everything that happens around the NBA. And, of course, if the Heat make a move, we'll be all over that as well. You can find the link to the Discord right here on the Five Reasons YouTube also on the podcast feeds and pinned to the top of the Five Reasons Twitter page. And now, today's episode. Down to Biscay. Yay. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, ran bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop in one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. A bit of a sloppy close tonight, but the Miami Heat uh, beat the San Antonio Spurs now to go four games over 500 again. They've now won, I guess, was it four out of five um, after losing seven straight? game that you have to win. The Heat have done a good job this year of beating the teams they're supposed to beat. It's been sort of the punching up that's been a little bit more of a problem. Today's floor plan, I've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow me at Greg Sylvander. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick at Five Reasons Sports. And we're joined by Sean Rochester. You can follow at S. Rochester NBA. So, again, it's the Spurs. Um, it's a poorly constructed roster. We know this. They're about Wemby and not a whole lot else at this stage. But – kind of a workmanlike win that featured a, a decent fourth quarter, at least a decent first six minutes of the fourth quarter. And let's just start here um, because we're going to talk about him a lot. And I want to talk about the lineup change. That's excuse me, the rotation change that's been made over the past couple of games, because that did bear some significance tonight. So the rock esports gamer of the night, tee it up, Greg. And now on five on the floor, it's time for the gamer of the night sponsored by rock Esports center, the place to eat, drink and play all day. Host your next birthday party with them located at 15305 South Dixie highway in Palmetto Bay. They've got a 5,500 square foot state of the art center equipped with all the high end power play all day passes available for just 25 bucks. But if you mention five reasons, it's just $20. So mention five reasons or five RSN. You get to play all day for $20. And now, the gamer of the night. All right, the gamer of the night, it could have been Tyler Hero, who had one of his more efficient games um, 
that he's had recently. Could have been Bam Adebayo, who had a big first half and put up a big stat line. But it should really be whoever pissed Jimmy Butler off. Do we, do we know who pissed Jimmy Butler off? Because I, I feel like that is the barometer these days. If somebody the makes refs. him angry, he plays hard. Was it the refs? Because he was talking a lot. He, even when he exited for the last time in the fourth quarter, he was talking a lot. Do we have any idea before they go to the postgame? Uh, I assume Jimmy's not going to run away from the media tonight, that he'll actually uh, stand there and take questions. So just uh, do we know what happened there? I don't. All. Sean, did you see anything? I mean, he pointed at three different people, and there were three officials in the arena. So I'm assuming that's the three people he was pointing at. But to your point, Ethan, I saw you tweeted this out. It doesn't matter. Like, Spo, you need to tell him that, like, Bernie, DJ Iree, whoever, someone in the building is mad at him and make him get fired up. Because if this is the result, well, I'll live with it. The new big three, the officials who pissed Jimmy off. Um, but I, I do want to – seriously, I want to get into a tactical adjustment that Eric Spolster has made because the last four-plus years, it has felt like the longest ticking clock in the world is the clock to get Jimmy Butler back in the game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that we, We've been doing this dance now for the past, again, four-plus years that Spo, you know, sometimes it's the eight- or nine-minute mark, but typically it's the six-minute Six. mark. He never, he never, He never starts the fourth. Um, and the other night, again, you know, when he came back in against Clippers, there wasn't that much he could, they were down six. Like, you know, again, the games have gotten away from them while he's walking up to the scorer's table. And sometimes he sits at the scorer's table for two or three game minutes before they get him in. Spolstra's made an adjustment now where Jimmy is starting the fourth quarter. The Heat made their run tonight at the start of the fourth quarter, Greg. Like, I, I feel like this matters, like that we talk about yeah. – Things that they can try to do to tweak the existing. I know everybody says put here on the bench, put Duncan in the starting lineup. By the way, Duncan's not playing as well right now as he did earlier in the season. Uh, but this seems like okay. This is a small thing that you can try. Uh, it seems to have been working the past couple of games. Yeah, and this is I've said that this is an inside job, right? And this is not. We keep wanting all these like as the trade deadline looms every fan is looking elsewhere for is the grass greener elsewhere is there a player they can come in and change things up and to me this is an inside job you see jimmy more engaged the fact that the, that spolster is making this tactical adjustment now to not have him have to come in and chase in a fourth quarter but set the tone um that's huge i think that going forward these are the types of small moves that are going to make a huge difference towards a playoff run. And now you're basically what 30 games from the postseason. This is when you need to start putting these things in place And the heat because they haven't benefited from racking up a bunch of victories. They're not in a position where they can mess around for any of these last 30. They have to treat it almost like the pre playoffs. And so like, I like to see, that they're trying new stuff and um, that there's these tactical advantages. Cause I think it not just helps Jimmy, not just helps the team, but I thought Tyler was better tonight. Caleb has looked better. So these things can have a um, multiplier effect elsewhere on the roster. Well, even Jaime started to do some decent things uh, in the second half and, and he struggled previously, I think in probably five of the six games since he's come back, as they, they've started to scout him better. I've noticed uh, that spin he loves to the middle, it's not there anymore. Like he's going to have to start making counters to the counters that the teams have taken uh, some things away from him. Uh, but Sean, uh, you know, let's talk about Tyler here because look, Jimmy had the triple double, and 
you know, this he now he leads in triple doubles in Miami Heat history, which is pretty remarkable. I mean, he's got more than twice as many as Dwayne had uh, in his career, and he's got more than LeBron, obviously. Uh, but I, I do want to get into Tyler here because I, I saw some things I liked tonight. Um, I, I saw a little bit more confidence getting into the floater. It does seem like when he's playing a, a sort of more of a catch and shoot role that he's he's accepting it. Uh, you know, it doesn't seem to be fighting it the way that I felt that he's, he's fought it at times previously. And look, Rozier's still not shooting the ball well, but it's pretty clear that they've got a game that they can get to with Rozier now that's a little bit different, and Tyler's going to have to adjust to that. But I, I thought Tyler was good tonight. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you just look at the box score, purely 24, 6, and 7 on 10 of 15 shooting, 4, 7 from behind the arc. You take that every single night. I mean, there's there's nothing to poke holes in with that. And and you know what? Like, to your point about the adjustment in his role, as much as Tyler wants to be that lead ball handler and the initiator and the guy that's, you know, the man on the perimeter, if he's on the second side and you're letting Terry or Jimmy or Jaime break it down and then Tyler gets to attack closeouts, he gets to attack the second side, you know what Tyler really likes to do? Watch the ball go in the basket when it leaves his hands. So yep. as long as he's producing – I don't think that he's going to be upset about role. And, you know, I know there was discourse about, you know, comments and sacrifice and things like that. He has to adjust. He's a young guy. He's used to doing one way. It's going to take some time, but I think what's best for the team. And I think that he's buying in and we're starting to see the results of it with Terry, even though he's not shooting the ball. Well, the other guys around the team itself are playing better. And um, I I think we're, we're getting the results that you want, right? Team success is all that matters for the Miami heat. So Tyler, good night tonight. And let's keep it going forward on Sunday. All right. So Caleb Martin started again tonight. Um, yeah. This is kind of a variation of the lineup that started last season. It's just Rozier in for Lowry. Uh, you're not starting Caleb to protect the point guard as much as you were when Kyle was in there and you needed somebody to guard the point of attack. They're letting Terry do it. Uh, you know, again, the results defensively, statistically, have not been ideal, but he still hasn't had a practice with the team. He's supposed to finally get one on Friday. So I think he'll understand the team concepts a little bit better as, as they can do more of that. Uh, and especially if they can have kind of a boot camp style situation when they come back from, from the all-star break. Um, but the Caleb thing is interesting, Greg. We talked about this a little bit on playback because really everybody talks about Tyler, but really Caleb is the guy who could be traded, I believe. Yeah by the end of day third or by three o'clock on Thursday, I just don't think he will be traded. And and I think that we're looking at, you know, him being back in the starting lineup. Now him giving them some of the, the, excuse me, the athleticism. He had that flush today. He gives them something that they don't get from everybody else. And I just wanted you to elaborate kind of on your thoughts. We talked about on playback of the idea of just sort of keeping him and rolling the dice as opposed to getting off the contract now. I know that there's a lot of fans that'll say, oh my gosh, you're going to lose a guy for nothing. I don't think the Heat, that the Heat view it that way. They they look at a guy that can contribute to a playoff run. They've seen him do it in the biggest spot on the biggest stage. I know that that's some cliche sh- stuff that people don't want to hear me say, but it's the facts. He has done it, and that history informs future decision-making, and I think that they value that more than, I don't know, um, maybe flipping him for a different player that was under contract or even like a future draft pick. What are we really talking about there? Like, are they going to get a second round pick for Caleb Martin? 
that's not really feasible. It's not something that they're going to do. It sends the wrong message to the entire staff and to the players. So I, I just, I'm at a point where I don't think that they um, are going to just dump Caleb Martin. It will only be if there's a justifiable upgrade that they can make and his salary has to be a component because it's in that sweet spot at that $6.8 million range. Yeah. The only way I see it happening, I agree with you is if it's for a better player right now. Right. It's like he's used as a, as a vehicle to get a better player. The second round pick doesn't mean anything to them. It, it just doesn't. Exactly. They, they've been able to mine players uh, who are not drafted. So to pick up the extra second and, and even one second as an asset, you know, to move somewhere else is not really worth it either. So I, I don't know why you would. I know he's had an uneven season, but I kind of feel like that may work to their favor after this year. That, that, exactly. that you know, I still think he's going to opt out, but maybe you can make the case to him. Um, that his best situation is still in Miami, uh, but maybe not at the price point that we thought it might be prior to the season before, you know, again, he's been in and out and he's, he's had, uh, he's had some issues, I think with rust and just getting comfortable. And then Hawkins kind of took uh, a lot of his, his role and his minutes, even though he plays a different way. Um, we're going to get to the play of the night uh, here in a second, but I, I just, you know, as we enter the trade deadline, Sean, and Greg makes the point that like this is an in in-house job, right? Like that they have to figure this out with what they have. They made their move. I, I know Heath fans don't want to hear it, but they it's like it's almost feel like some Heath fans, I don't want to say are punishing them, but are criticizing them for doing what the smart thing, which was to get Rosier in here early and have a couple of weeks for him to try to acclimate. And again, they haven't had the practices to be able to really do it completely, but at least to get him on the floor with these guys, he's still not shooting the ball well. But his teammates are trusting him. I mean, we saw Jimmy, um, one of those assists at the end of the game where he ended up getting towards the triple-double was a pass out to Terry in the corner. That's, you know, and again, the trust level, and Rozier makes the shot there. I still don't love some of the shot selection, but I just wanted you to get in on Rozier here a little bit because it does feel like he's doing offensively the other things. And what I said on playback was, I think they need to find a unit that will run with him. I don't know if that's on the roster, but I think that Spo needs to cobble together as much as he can where he has a unit because he wants to run. The question is, these guys have been conditioned not to run on this team because with Jimmy, it's always going to be slowing it down. Yeah, I mean, to your point first about the trade deadline, and I tweeted this out earlier, I, I said no trade is better than a bad trade. And to the point that you made, we already made a trade. And, and in my opinion – you know, you've seen probably the five or six guys that are going to be the biggest names. They've already been traded, you know, the starting with Harden early in the season and all the way through Pascal and through OG and Rozier. I think at the end of the day, Rozier is probably going to be one of the five to eight best players that get traded at the deadline. So what do you want? I mean, a trade to just to do a trade. I mean, I get it. Like, I, I like the rush when you see the heat pop up on the, the Woj bomb or the Shams bomb too, but let's be honest, like, what are we doing? We're not just making trades to make trades. And I think, you know, some people use that. It closed, you know, Jimmy's window. We need to go all off for Jimmy's window. Well, what is selling off Caleb Martin for a second round pick or for a, you know, a, a different asset? If it's not an upgrade, what does that say, you know, to the team? So I agree with you guys about the trade deadline. I, I don't think, and you guys are more plugged in than me, anything's going to happen. To your Terry Rozier point, I think, you know, I agree again that he can push. Um, you can see the pace even in the half court, the way that he can wiggle and get through gaps, we don't have that elsewhere on the roster. We didn't have that with Kyle. Um, and it's going to be an adjustment. 
And I think with the lineups, the way that Spo is starting to stagger things and adjust for rotations, you're going to have lineups that fit better with running in transition. We're never going to be, we're not going to be the Pacers. You know, it's not, that's not how we're going to play, but you can take advantage of almost like opportunistic times when you get steals, when you're off of live rebounds, when you have certain lineups on the floor, guys like Jaime, they want to get out there and run. Caleb wants to run and, you know, adjust based on who's on the floor. And I think it's going to be great opportunities for us to boost that offense. It's always going to be kind of middle of the road. And and that's why it feels to me like the Caleb move. Um, and we'll get into Haywood Highsmith's situation in a second before we close the podcast. But it, it feels like the Caleb move was kind of set up in part so that at least there's a lineup at the start of games in the third quarter that can push a little bit to get Caleb out there with Rozier to get a comfort level. Because, look, I think Bam will run also. Oh, it's yeah. just that he hasn't had anybody to run with. So you've got a couple of guys, and we know Jimmy runs differently, where he'll kind of peek down the court and then wait for the long outlet pass. Um, but but it does give them a little bit more flex. They're never going to be a push-the-pace team. We know that. Uh, every year we talk about it, they end up in the bottom five. But yeah. Rozier does play differently. And I think, Sean, that, that's the key point. It's really in the half court where his ability to get into the paint. And there are times, and this, this sounds ridiculous, at times, and I said this on playback, he looks like Dwayne, like he, he's not Dwayne. And so I, I, I understand, but his mannerisms um, yeah. before Dwayne learned how to control pace because late in Dwayne's career was all old man game and getting, and obviously Rozier's not the athlete that Dwayne was, but later Dwayne learned how to control pace, but yeah. early in his career, he was just fast. You, he was just, you can go. tell he was in his driveway. Mm-hmm. Trying Watching to, Dwayne. Exactly. Right? Exactly. I mean, he, he has the mannerisms when he finishes plays. He, he sometimes like, wait, who is that? That's just a shorter Dwayne. It's the efficiency uh, that, that has to come. All right. We do want to get to the play of the night, though. Our friend Lynette was on playback with us. As she and now it's time on our for the Insurance by Lynette play of the night, sponsored by insurancebylynette.com and A Aggressive Insurance Agency. You can reach out to our friend Lynette at 954 581 8800, that's 954 581 8800, or insurancebylanet.com. That's insurancebylanet.com with two N's and two T's. Your best play for auto insurance, homeowners insurance, condo insurance, life insurance, or a retirement program. Reach out to Lynette at insurancebylanet.com. All right, so there were a few options for this. The Caleb Martin uh, putback was, was a good one. Uh, I'm going to go with the Jimmy. Standstill, nobody in his face. Three. And uh-huh. are we are we at the point where because there was one he took that I was like, what is he doing? Uh, are we at the point though that there's a comfort level with him as more of a volume three point shooter? He's now made a three point shot in ten straight games. Yep. I'm, are you comfortable, I'm comfortable with him with shooting it. more from three since he's shooting in the mid forties right now? Sean hates it, but I, I I'm comfortable <laughs> as because in the playoffs the attempts have always gone up. So I know that when he's peak Jimmy, he is going to get to some of that just by virtue of being peak Jimmy. So I'm expecting him to round into form. So if that means more threes, so be it. There were other defensive plays we could have focused on related to Wemby. By the way, well, Wemby, wait, wait, can I name one? We haven't mentioned Wemby. Go ahead. The, G- the Jimmy Steele that led to the alley-oop where, you know, we don't get to see Jimmy throw alley-oops to Bam often. That was a great play tonight as well that I think just should get some love. 
in transition. Yeah, I know. In transition. I mean, bonus. What is? <laughs> is that the first time we've seen that in five years? That's our first transition basket since like October of 2018. I think it was a preseason <laughs> game against like Maccabi Tel Aviv or something that came in for us. I don't know. What was crazy? Yeah, we 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 don't see we don't see them get out uh, a whole lot and do that kind of stuff. Um, I, I I will say. Oh, by the way, Alex is uh, Alex. I guess got to ask Popovich a question tonight. So he says, "I got the classic pop treatment." So I'll be curious to see what that looks like. Um, last time I interacted with Pop on a, on a major stage was at the NBA Finals, where I asked him about the strategy of putting Tiago Splitter on Dwayne Wade uh, in that game two, which pissed Dwayne off, and he had 32 points in the finals. And uh, Pop says, "I don't, I don't mean to be, uh, I don't mean to be dismissive, but the triteness of your question demands it." Uh, yeah. So that th- those are those are my, my interactions with Pop have typically gone that way. Um, Wemby, just before we get to uh, a couple more heat things here, your thoughts on Wemby, guys? Like, the talent's clearly there, but they're going to have to put a different team around him, aren't they? Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's this is the worst he's going to be, right? I mean, he's only going to get better from here. Yeah. And it, it, go ahead, Sean. Go ahead, Greg. No, go for no, it. No, no, you go ahead. I was just going <laughs> to say, like, I don't know. Well, I guess this is the only trip to Miami. Like, I walked past him when I was in Vegas at Summer League. I didn't get to see him play because I got there late in Summer League, but it's it's unreal. Like, I walked past Chet, and that's crazy. I've walked past years ago Yao Ming. That's crazy. Wemby's a whole other monster when you're next to him. It's just unreal. But I think, you know, it's going to take him time. To your point, he needs to have better players around him. He needs a point guard, someone that can create for him. And uh, I think he's going he's gonna to be amazing. It's just going to take time to develop. I think he's a thrill to watch, but, um, and obviously he's doing things as a young player that if he continues at this pace, he's going to break lots of records because he's just the volume with which he's doing certain statistics. Uh, if that continues, he's going to have a great career. Um, but you're right. He, he, he needs a better team around him. And also, I'm interested to see how long Pop sticks around there. Like, that's, I think, an interesting kind of weird – I won't call that an elephant in the room in San Antonio, but I think everyone has to be thinking about how long that is going to continue to go there. And that impacts uh, Wembenyama to a large degree. Well, they, they signed he signed an extension. Uh, and most of his assistants he was grooming are gone. Like, Becky Hammond's gone. Um, Borrego's gone. Like a lot of those guys, uh, Udoka was on that staff, uh, at one point as well. All right. We're going to get to the injury report here. And, uh, this is a little bit of a sadder one, but we'll just fill you in on the latest on the Haywood Highsmith situation. And now it's time for the official five on the floor injury report sponsored by our friend, Eric Rubenstein, the personal injury attorney born and raised in Lauderdale, Florida, lives in Miami, went to St. Thomas. He's a South Florida guy and a huge Miami Heat fan. But the important thing is he can help you get your money that you deserve when something happens to you. So reach out to our guy, Eric Rubenstein, again, ericrubenstein.com or ask about me. I got you on Instagram. And now the injury report. All right. So this was a, a statement that came out from the Miami heat. I'm just going to paraphrase it. Uh, but Haywood Highsmith uh, was driving home or driving away from the arena after the game, not tonight, but last night uh, after the, uh, the game against the win against Orlando uh, and got in an accident. Um, there's been no charges filed or anything 
to that effect that he put out a statement that they were aware of the situation. Andy Slater, uh, who tends to break a lot of this news uh, in South Florida, uh, reported that uh, that there was essentially a, a person helping another person uh, who was stranded in the middle of the road and Haywood's car struck the person who was assisting the other person. And that person, according to Andy Slater's report, had to have part of his leg amputated and is in critical condition as we speak. So all we can do here is, is hope for the best uh, in that situation for that person. And, and obviously, you know, we'll just wait for more details to come out. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see if Haywood's at practice on Friday, but my assumption is that they'll probably give him some time away to kind of sort out uh, the situation and also his feelings about the situation, whatever they may be. So that was the deal tonight. That's why he was not available to them. Uh, again, Caleb Martin started. I feel like that's kind of where this was trending anyway. I did mention that Hawkes uh, has it looked a little better tonight. I thought in the second half, he's still kind of finding his way since coming back from the groin injury. Uh, let's close here, though. And again, thanks to Sean. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to our, our three sponsors tonight. Uh, let's just make a quick prediction here. Uh, what happens tomorrow before the trade deadline for the Miami Heat, Greg? I will predict that Thomas Bryant and Drew Smith find new homes together. Um, and at the very least, Drew Smith finds a new home to create a little bit of roster room flexibility. And then they'll have that you know, what will be prorated taxpayer mid-level to go fishing in the buyout market. Not what everyone wants to hear, but if I told you that this, that the trade deadline expanded beyond just one day and they got the Rogier move done also, I think most Heat fans have to realistically accept that. Uh, and we will just uh, acknowledge that both Greg and I, I think called the Oladipo trade uh, the night before the trade deadline. That's why we do this exercise uh, right before it happened. I think I actually said that they, they would try for Lowry and end up with Oladipo, which is yep. what happened. We'll see what happens this time. So I'll, I'll let Sean close, but I will say that uh, before, I think the same thing. I, I think this is going to be more of an accounting move that's made. And again, Heat fans are going to have to, I mean, I, I'm already seeing the whining and complaining about all this, but they made their move. Like that that was their major move. I, could they use uh, a four uh, with some more length to kind of play next to Bam? Of course. Are you going to give up two first round picks for Dorian Finney Smith? No. So I, you know, with what's out there on the market, I don't see the likely fit. I know Kelly Olenek's name is a name that we've been watching uh, for them as a possibility. And obviously there's a familiarity with him and he's a player that Jimmy and Bam have a lot of respect for. So uh, we'll see if maybe they cycle into that, but again, Utah, Danny Ainge is running the show there. And even if they didn't have a historically bad relationship with Danny Ainge, uh, he always asks for too much, and I mean he's doing business for his team, but I just don't think that that's uh, going to end up happening. But we'll see. Um, Sean, what do you think? Uh, I agree with you guys. I, I don't expect anything additional. Whether it's if it is, it's going to be one of those small moves. And I think league wide, you're going to see a lot of like guys that are five through ten on their rosters. That's what's going to be moved, not so much like the big names. I think the big I names, agree. like we mentioned earlier. Are, are really what has been moved um, already. And, and I think that's what we're going to see. We'll see moves, but it's not going to be the blockbuster stuff that we saw last year with like KD the night before and things like that. Do you want me to run through these really quick, these uh, cleaning the glass? Yes, go ahead. I'll go fast. Um, so the Heat have a 115 offensive, I'm sorry, 115 defensive rating. They're 9-1 and one 
when they're below a 105 defensive rating. This is the fifth straight game that they did that below a 110, and they're obviously 4-1 and one in those games. So the defense is starting to tighten up after that losing streak. Uh, they took care of the ball tonight, 10.9% turnover rate. They are 21-12 and 12 when they're below a 15% turnover rate. And then talking about their offense, for the season they're at a 114 offensive rating, so that's a negative net, which is not good. But when they're above a 115, 19-5 this season, tonight they had a – I think you had a 114. 115 almost right on the dot. So 114.9. Greg gave me permission to round that up. So we're going to go to 115. All right. Well, you can take that permission. And here's my final thought on the trade uh, situation here. Again, in addition to getting Rozier, the only team that should really scare Heat fans in the Eastern Conference, in my view, are the Boston Celtics. And I don't think there's a move that the Heat can make right now that gives them a better roster on paper than a healthy Boston Celtics team. And additionally, I don't think there's another team in the East that the Heat really fear that they have to make a move to stay ahead of those teams. I think that a lot of this can be handled in-house. And again, I've, I've talked about the disappointment with their net rating and that, you know, it may, you know, they haven't beaten a lot of good teams. I think only seven teams they've beaten have a better net rating than them or seven wins against those teams. I understand the flaws with this team. I get it. But I still feel like if they get into a playoff series with Cleveland or the Knicks or Indiana or Orlando or even Milwaukee, which continues to struggle defensively even after the hiring of Doc Rivers, yeah, I don't think those teams really want to see Miami, to be honest. And nope. so I don't know that you mortgage more of your future just to incrementally kind of push yourself, uh, you know, separate yourself from them those teams. And again, I don't think there's a move you can make uh, this now, maybe this off season, but now that gives you a better roster on paper than Boston. I mean, ultimately this comes down to this team playing at its highest level in the postseason until they see the Celtics and then try to pull something out of their bleeps. I mean, I, essentially that's, that, that that's where you're at you're right. uh, in the Eastern conference and in the league so far. All right. Thanks to Sean. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to our sponsors, Rocky sports center, Eric Rubenstein.com. And InsuranceBiolet.com. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Fivers and Sports Network. After all, someone needs to listen to my dad. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to eleven grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.